Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined as always by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. Uh, and as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. Uh, today is, uh, I don't know, is time a thing anymore? It's Wednesday, June 10th or Thursday, June 11th, whenever you're listening to this. And uh, yeah, it's June. That's something. It's June, man. And, you know, Last time we spoke to folks, um, we it wasn't June. No, it wasn't. We were dealing with a different national crisis, I believe. And 2020 has been on brand enough to provide a new one. And we wanted to, like as you know, we donate to good causes uh, with the revenue that comes with your clicks and listens. So let us know where we should be donating this month. Uh, as it relates to uh, the latest, um, I guess you would call it developing and, and ever-evolving uh, nationwide conversation that is long overdue about um, equal rights, you know. So, and so, let us know where we can put our money and to support some really cool causes. Yeah, and I think that you know, to speak to this, we don't want to dwell too much on on the issue, but obviously want to do our part in raising uh, awareness and, and helping, like you said, John, a conversation that is that is long overdue. And I think part of part of the healthy part of that is admitting, you know, on our part, like, hey, we need help understanding where to, to send uh, our, you know, what little funds we can uh, to help make a difference. Because like you said, John, I think it's 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 something that is long overdue and um needs as much attention as, as it can get. And I think really quickly, um, you know, one thing that's been really cool to see has been the Michigan State community's response to, uh, you know, the, like you said, the, the issue of race relations and, and Black Lives Matter and everything. And I thought it was really cool to see, you know, all of the, the not only the athletic department, obviously, but the the school as a whole kind of come together, have some really positive dialogue, um, stand up for what they believe in. And, uh, you know, it was, I thought that one image of everybody standing next to the rock with Black Lives Matter written on it was a really uh, cool and powerful image and makes you know me proud to be associated with and, and an alumni of uh, the university. So just wanted to, to give that quick bit of, of props and say that, you know, in a year that's been pretty, pretty rough so far, it was, it was re it was, 
uh, encouraging to to see that MSU came together and did did the right thing and, and took a stand for what they represented as a university. I thought that was pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we're gonna keep gonna keep our mouths um, shut and our ears open on that matter in particular because that's probably the best thing we can do. Um, <laughs> Agreed. And and you know we're gonna we're gonna chat about things that other things we don't know anything about or nothing about, which is Michigan State sports. But just um, most stuff. Well, to be, yeah, <laughs> the thing you're here for is Michigan State sports. I don't know why we're, we're two dummies, but here's some news in a terrible segue. Uh, Michigan <laughs> State will is allowing student-athletes back to summer workouts on June 15th. Um, this is for football, men's and women's basketball, and volleyball athletes. Uh, they're the first to undergo testing anyway. Um, when they're tested, they return to campus. They self-isolate for one week. I'm going to pause right there. How do we yeah. think that's going to go? Self-isolating sounds, for one well, week. Well, <laughs> listen, it sounds awesome. Like, like, if I'm a student athlete, I'm like, so you're telling me I just come back to school, kick it for a week, and like and just probably like play video games for a week like that sounds awesome but if you're keeping your you know your it sounds good on paper and then you put your reality hat on and you're like oh i'm sending a bunch of college kids back to school and being like hey don't do anything don't chill do anything out. fun chill out in this huge dorm room that you're living in exactly. with all the space in the world and all the places to go that you can imagine uh yeah i don't know if it's gonna go great the dorm next to you has some of your best friends. You cannot see them. <laughs> this thin cement wall has is separating you from real good times. You and also, uh, yeah, don't do it. And you also probably haven't seen said friends for, I don't know, <laughs> how many months? And then for what it's worth, there are um, some co-eds probably <laughs> nearby. Can't do not see them. True. Don't do it. Remember that cafeteria you love so much? Can't really go there. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of uh, probably like Luha's and Mena's delivery orders coming to whatever quarters <laughs> they're putting people into. I mean, I think you're going to break some records. Um, let's just say, I think, like you said, the plan when written seems good. We'll see how it plays out. Maybe we're wrong. <laughs> I don't it know. sounded like a good idea at the time. Um, so athletes with two negative tests can then begin workouts. Any athlete who tests positive must be quarantined for 10 days. For what it's worth, um, Dr. Jeffrey Kovan, the Michigan State's director of sports medicine, uh, says one student athlete has already tested positive for COVID-19 um, and that student athlete's father had passed away from the virus and mother and sister also tested positive, which is tragedy. Um, I I don't know how this is going to work. I really don't. Uh, We will see. Uh, I mean, (laughs) this, I don't, I don't know. It's not much. It's, it's Disney. It's Disney world. It's the NBA's plan without any of the magic. Uh, (laughs) It's just, (laughs) it's let's the mid Michigan version of, of Disney world. So you've got that. Um, yeah, I, it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I, Michigan State is certainly um, a test case in a lot of ways for the greater 
collegiate world. I mean, I know I'm, you know, I haven't seen when other colleges necessarily plan to open their doors and do something similar to this, but I think Michigan State's pretty far on the aggressive end of it. So, uh, you know, I think obviously we want nothing but health for everyone. Um, and, you know, it'll be very interesting to see, you know, it, you know, heaven forbid an outbreak does happen, you know, how is that, how is that dealt with and what does the transmission look like? And then, you know, what happened, you know, wh what are the consequences of it? So uh, I'm fascinated to see kind of what happens here. I mean, hey, hopefully everyone stays healthy. They're able to get in the practice they need. And, you know, especially not to put sports too far in the front here, but, you know, we are a sports podcast. Uh, they can get that valuable experience that this team missed in spring practice that, uh, you know, with a new head coach is so crucial. I mean, new offense, new everything, new quarterback. Some casual stuff. You might, you might need it. Um, it. It wouldn't hurt. I think. Can we confidently say that? I'd like the. You know what? Let's just play every. We might just have to sim the season, and we will be Let's, in charge of simming the season. And if, if we you want, reset some games. We reset. Maybe we reset some games. Yeah, listen, sometimes the computer just doesn't want to let you win. So those rage quits are entirely valid, and I won't hear anything else. Uh, and I think if, you know, listen, if they're trying to put a committee in charge of how should these games end, I'm happy to be on the board. That's all I'm saying. I mean, this is merely us volunteering our service. Um, and yeah, listen, if we're if, if Sim to 2021 is an option, I'm in. Really kind of kind of sports aside, I'm, I'm down. But, like, what if we all just closed our eyes and simmed together, you know? Mm -hmm. A and, group sim. Yeah. And then, you know, so we're not, like, just sitting in quarantine like we kind of are now. Like, we'll just move forward until everything is normal again. I think we could yeah, all get forward with that. I think it's a great idea. And if we can agree that Michigan State went 8-4, and four, all the better. Well, and that the Michigan State men's basketball team won the national championship. Like, right, exactly. But are we really asking for that much? <laughs> Not really. I'm just, it's, it's, a, it's a question. Um, so, yeah, it's happening soon. It'll be interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, man. Next week, we'll uh, be, I will be anxiously watching to see how the test results keep coming in from the student athletes. So, yes. um, well, fingers, fingers crossed. All right. We, you want to talk about the, the crazy article we saw and have been talking at yeah. length about. Another another dynamite segue from the only podcast here today. Um, really interesting article that you, I think, actually sent me maybe maybe two weeks ago um, about a potential conversations that are already going on, um, and that really COVID nineteen in a crazy way sort of brought even more to the forefront than they were. And that is the potential of a Power Five split off uh, from the the group of five. So if you're not familiar with those specific conferences, it's oh boy, let's see if I can do this. Well, sports but, have been away for a while. You don't have to do it. It's more like a split I off want to. the NCAA. Like they're just well, right. It's out. that's right. It's it's the Power Five saying we are no longer a part of the NCAA. That's the SEC, ACC. Big 12, Pac-12, Big 10. Let's go. And Sports are still, are still around. And they're just like, 
we're out, man. Like, we're going to take our ball and do our own thing because, frankly, the NCAA doesn't sanction or run a football tournament or even playoff. That's not the NCAA who runs it. They do run the basketball tournament, but, you know, if there's – and that's where they make almost the majority of the revenue to run – or in po- yeah, I guess you would call it police uh, all of these sports. But I mean, as it relates to football, they're like, listen, um, if we, you know, what do we really need you for beyond just kind of upholding the quote unquote rules? And are you even really doing a good job of that? So it's right. being thrown out there. And it's a really interesting concept and i think again i think all of the financial troubles that so many schools are going through and the ncaa is i don't know if they're really going through but it's interesting that all these the the lack of an ncaa tournament the potential lack of a football season is really exposing the haves and the have-nots i think around the the landscape and i think like you said it's empowering these group of five or excuse me power five conferences to be like what like what do you do here what's what's going on NCAA like we know you host this basketball tournament that's great we can sign leases and come up with rent ourselves do we really need you to facilitate this um and it's I I really think it's interesting that this the COVID-19 crisis is leading to this conversation because it was a conversation that was happening before make no mistake but now it's very at the forefront and it feels as ine- it always felt inevitable, but it feels even more inevitable now because I think, you know, the amateurism discussion has always been out there. And now, basically, in order to keep the NCAA standard as it is, they kind of have to abandon in a lot of ways the amateurism stance, which in mm-hmm. turn compromises everything they stand for and the straw man completely falls apart. So you know, there's all of these different layers to it. And I just, uh, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how it all shakes out. And I think one of the really cool things that comes out of it, well, first, actually, before I dive into that, I think this is a moment to step back and appreciate the program that we have and the place that Michigan State has kind of within the, the college sports world. Because imagine being, you know, like a, 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 a team in, you know, a, a mid-major, I'm trying to think of, of you know, like a Memphis or a Louisville or one of these teams that's not in the Power Five, but but plays a lot of power. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I mean, it, it, we are we are lucky to be in the Big Ten, but, you know, um, it, it could, you know, it, as you mentioned about the name, image, and likeness being a huge part of it, you start to ask, like, okay, if they split off, essentially you're just becoming a minor league to football, right? NFL, rather. Yeah, I, I think that that's the dangerous potential um, issue here is that you you get into the world of like I don't know you you almost essentially kill some of the the group of five i don't know i think it's going to be a fascinating way to see how it goes forward i lost you for a second at the end of what you were asking so what did you say oh uh just that the name image and likeness uh becomes even more 
more of a thing to to keep an eye on because yeah, if people become if we create a professional league of short of sorts here, um, you know, let's just take the student athlete amateurism out of it altogether because it's kind of ridiculous to begin with. Yeah, so, and I think that was one thing that concerns me as a fan of collegiate sports. And I know there's there's that old argument that's like. Well, I like these kids because they play, you know, they're just passionate and they just play for the love of the game. It's like, that's BS. Like, I'm throwing that out. That's not what I'm, that's not what the point I'm getting at. It's, I would hate to see, like, if players are able to be paid for their name, image, and likeness, I hope that basically whatever they can be paid by a university, if it comes to that, is kind of standardized across the board. And it's not like, oh, Bama can offer you a million dollars and Michigan State can only offer you 500000 because that if that's a part of it, like you said, it really mirrors the NFL, the NBA, whatever, you know, league you're talking about. It just becomes a professional situation. And I, I, it's going to be hard for like, I think as a pro, you can justify kind of going to different markets and doing what's best for you from a situational perspective, because, you know, you've, you've got a little bit money, a little bit of money. You have some options. You could always go play pro in a foreign league or something like that. But when you're a kid coming out and it's like, oh, so if I go to Bama, uh, you know, and, and somebody just hands you a bigger bag of money, like, I think that's just going to speak much louder to a, a kid and to, you know, a, a kid who, by the way, is probably not the only one making the decision that is being made. We've already seen that time and time again, especially in college basketball. Um, and so I think it gets into like, you know, the decision-making I think, uh, is, is, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how it all kind of plays out and who can offer what, uh, in, in, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be fascinating. What if, what if this then, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to run this new league, let's make it that, give it a, give it a salary cap, you know, and let's get rid of the idea of scholarships mm-hmm. and, just hire the schools can hire these these people whoever they want as um, employees not student athletes but they can go to school there if they choose to that's part of the package if you don't want to go to school great that's fine right. too you're an employee here and you can stay yeah. and leave as long as you want what if you just got to stay? You could stay for 10 years if you wanted. It's a profe- it's a professional league. Or you could leave after one if you felt like you were good enough and there were better opportunities for you in the NFL. Or you could leave to become a dentist. Literally, <laughs> just whatever you want. Like, let's just yeah. drop the student-athlete thing and just make them employees, but give them all the access to the benefits of the university. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly an idea. I See, personally, this is where my old man yelling at cloud comes in. And like, as, as much as I think players absolutely deserve to be paid and they absolutely deserve to be compensated fairly for their name, image, and likeness, yeah, salary cap and all that stuff, it just becomes another pro league with a worse uh, product in I don't know. That would that I think ultimately that would really compromise a lot of people's enjoyment in the sport in general. Um, I don't know. I think it'll be very very intriguing to see how it builds up. That I think you know it's probably something that you know me personally I could probably get over after a period of time, but uh, you know it just 
you're essentially just making it a pro league. I do think there is still something kind of cool about, you know, I decided to come here and I, I love, you know, this, I don't know, rather than just, I came here because of the money. And then it just recreates. I think the other thing too, is it like, it creates an inherent divide between players. Like, you know, I, I, it, um, it would create a really bad locker room. Like it, to me, that's a huge element, especially among kids. Like you got like, of course there's always like big man on campus. There's always like five-star recruit guy who's gonna, you know, think of himself a little more highly than other guys. But the coach can always say like, listen, he's on scholarship, same as you. And I think you add in a whole level of like financial, you, you know, a whole element that's not even there right now. Uh, especially for kids 18 to 22, I think that's, that would be a really complicated addition to a college locker room, but we shall see. Probably. Yeah. Um, But all hypothetical for now. Yeah. Um, The coolest thing that could come out of this though, John, and what we really wanted to talk about was the potential for relegation. What if not just the power five split off, but we just did football did away with the NCAA altogether. And we just mimicked what they do across the world with soccer. Relegation, baby. Bring over FCS. Bring over Division Two, Division Three, Group of Five, Power Five. And let's move up and down the ladder. You know? Like, I want so badly for the entire Big Ten to, you know, all the fan bases to come together and be rooting for Rutgers to lose every game. And we'll get them out of here. We just get them the hell out of here. And then we I look think you'll be hysterical. I mean, it makes sense. Because they'd never find their way back either. Like, oh, no. And you, no. I, I think the opportunities for incredible storylines would be just absolutely off the charts. Like, can you imagine? Like, imagine... So, you know, relegation typically works with the, the – you would think for a collegiate football, you'd probably only move one team up and down every single year, right? right. Like the team that wins the championship replaces sure. the team that came in last place. So, you know, we're not going to get into the – some leagues do like top three, some, yeah. you know, depending on what where you are. Um, if it was one for one – and just, just imagine for a moment that Ohio State mm-hmm. or Michigan – or somebody has just like this calamitous season where everybody gets hurt. And for whatever reason, you just, you know, you have the hardest schedule in the nation and everybody gets hurt and it just all, everything possible goes wrong. And you end up having a season where Ohio state ends up playing in the Mac. Like, and for some reason they're replaced by like Western Michigan. And you get to watch Ohio State score a thousand points on every MAC defense. Like the visual there alone would be worth every penny that they lose in gate revenue. Like that would just be unbelievable. Or to have like Ohio State MAC champions, or like what would really be the ultimate would be Michigan to get relegated and then win the MAC championship the next year and then celebrate it like they won a Big Ten championship. Like that. The, even the potential for that makes me want this so, so, so badly. I mean, I'll, or, you know, Rutgers gets relegated and can't win the Mac. I think that is equally fun. Ah. To me. 
<laughs> Maybe yes. more funny. I don't know. That, not as much Scheidenfraude in that one, but yes, equally very, very, very funny. Rutgers, yeah, just a Mac fixture, Rutgers. Six-time Mac runner-up Rutgers would be just tremendous content. Well, if Michigan fell there, maybe they could win the division. I don't know. So, <laughs> or at least come in second. They could try. So we have more news and notes. And I think the theme of this podcast is no segues. I think None. that's important that we don't try to even do them. I agree. Men's basketball, uh, some changes, not necessarily to the upcoming team or the roster, but now – there have been dates set so that we can find out who will be on the roster. The NBA has knocked over the first domino and has set an August 25th draft lottery and an October 15th draft. So the NCAA followed by saying draft prospects have until 10 days after the NBA draft combine or August 3rd uh, to decide if they're going to be in or out of the draft. Um, so not expected to be any – and here's the big, big piece. There are not expected to be any opportunities for prospects to work out for teams or meet in person before that August 3rd withdrawal date. So why that's important is the people that are squarely looking at, you know, whether they're going to go to Michigan State, can t- come back to Michigan State, go to Michigan State, or test the NBA waters probably stood to benefit – a lot from playing with and being evaluated in person by um, NBA teams, coaches, and, and players. So with that news, Austin, putting you on the spot, what do you think the odds are that Xavier Tillman plays for Michigan State this season? Great question. Um, I, and we've said this before, we've kind of hinted around this, but having dates now and knowing the final details, I think is super important. And that, to me, that that pushes me over 50% of Xavier Tillman coming back. I'm going to go at 65%. Um, and, you know, again, it's not because he's not good enough. He absolutely is good enough uh, to be a rotational big and honestly probably get a few minutes next year. Nothing more than you know five or six, but he would he wouldn't he wouldn't ride the pine his entire rookie year in the NBA. I feel pretty confident saying that. Would he be a starter? Absolutely not. Even a regular in the rotation, probably not. But he would get some opportunities. Um, and so, like that's all well and good, but at the same point in time, you know he he is one of those guys that is clearly like like he might be the best example of a guy who's on the border of first and second round. And as we've explained here before, the difference between the first and the second round is huge. You get a guaranteed contract for, I think it's three years if you're drafted in the first round. So you can't be cut uh, basically. Whereas if you're a second rounder, you've got to impress uh, to A, even make the team off the bat. Uh, it's almost, I wouldn't say a G league spot is, you know, quote unquote likely, but it's extremely possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you're, you're basically, your odds are much, you, if you're drafting the second round situation matters, it matters no matter where you're drafted, but it matters exponentially more in my estimation uh, early on in your career. If you're a second rounder mm-hmm. um, because fit is all that important because it's extremely easy for teams to walk away from you. So knowing all of that, 
knowing that he could come back and be a not not just a, a good player but a star we're talking about like a first team all big 10 you know probably get some whiffs as an all-american type of player um if he's not going to get the chance to get there and work out in front of people and and get that live person feedback and really win win some teams over i, I listen i'm never going to knock him for chasing money if that's what he wants to do go get paid man you got kids i get it but to me, I think that all of those factors together will probably keep him in green and white for another year, which would be an absolutely massive win for, for Michigan State. I do, I mean, I would say for him specifically, I don't anticipate him making that decision. I certainly wouldn't advise him to make that decision before the combine, because if you can get any feedback at this point, you've already been in the pool for this long. You should have been, I think the draft would be not that long from now, typically. Um, you know, you might as well get what feedback you can, but after that, I, I would probably advise him to come back unless somebody absolutely falls in love with him. So Austin is on the record that he's a Xavier Tillman lean back in green and white. That's, that's me. That's, those are my two cents, which are worth less than two actual cents. John, maybe your thoughts? Maybe a penny. Uh, yeah, I would say... I would say probably the same thing. Now, here's the difference. The, the the big clincher. Somebody can get on the phone and tell Xavier Tillman they're planning on taking him in the first round if yep. X, Y, and Z happen. Now, it's a risk because X, Y, or Z may not happen. Because the, any team can tell you, we'd pick you, we'll pick you if you're there. But there might be also someone who fe- who fell. And they can't take Xavier because there's someone else that they just can't not take. So that's a risk. That is a possibility, though, that someone says, dude, we're taking you. We're taking you. Then then you kind of, you probably declare. If it's a first round is is kind of what I was inferring. Yeah, I mean, if he's got a first round promise, he should go. I mean, I I agree with, with that for sure. So with that, I, I'm, I'm going to say I'm not giving a lean. I'm still cloudy. It's cloudy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. How about Aaron Henry? Where, where do you feel his odds are? Yeah, I was, I was at Aaron Henry's coming back damn close to 100% before. I'm going to say 85%. Um, I think if – I mean, if he gets if he doesn't get invited to the combine, which is possible, then it's 100 percent. He's not going anywhere. I think he was one of those guys because he waited till the very last day to declare and hasn't signed. You know, actually, I think he signed one of the approved agents, maybe. But um, he to me, his going in to the draft in the first place was to try and get those workouts, meet with people and get that firsthand feedback as much as possible. Come back and have a great junior year and then, you know, and then you know, call it a career and go to the draft after next season. Um, the fact that he's not going to get the chance to do that, uh, I think that to me cements the fact that he's going to come back. Um, you know, that listen, guys surprise you all the time, but I would be, I'd say 85, maybe even higher, but I'd be very, very surprised if Aaron Henry's not in green and white next year. Yeah. So did you give a percentage? I said 85. 85. Then that's conservative. Yeah, I would I would say I'm comfortable saying 80, and I say that because 
Aaron Henry, I think, did the right thing by entering into the draft to get feedback. Mm-hmm. I think he will get that feedback, and he'll part of the feedback will, will be basically people telling him it's incomplete feedback. We didn't get to evaluate you the way we normally would have. So because of that, we can't really tell you for certain how we feel about you. And if they, you don't have that information, I mean, what are you going to do with it? You, you kind of you stuck. So I would say even more likely that he comes back um, to play for Michigan State this next year. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. That, that's just, I think it's a little clearer for him. And that leaves us with uh, Kareem Maine, who he's, he's in a spot where he doesn't have a scholarship to take if Xavier Tillman, Josh Langford, and Aaron Henry are all on the Michigan State's roster next year. But he's a guy that really needed to perform and play in front of other against for these teams, right? Like, no one really knows with him. He's the biggest question mark. So he's really out in the middle of nowhere right now, in my opinion. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because we're sitting here in June, and by now, I think literally every other year, pretty much every other year, you you know who's going to be on your squad at this point in time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's almost never recruits that are at least highly rated that are uncommitted. I mean, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like this is super late in the cycle, and it's not going to change for a little while. Like, I, if I'm Kareem Maine, I'm not committing. Any, like, if I want to go to school, I'm not committing anywhere for months. I'm not committing mm-hmm. anywhere until <laughs> I have to, basically. You know, I, I would keep my name in whatever pool it can be in for as long as it can be there until I am required to say what I'm going to do. And it feels like that's kind of his, uh, you know, his line of thinking right now. So it's crazy. MSU, you know, this is this four players. I mean, that's four out of a possible 15. That's a huge chunk of your <laughs> roster. And it's, and, it's, and it's not just like bottom part churn. This is you're talking about realistically. You could be, and I know you can only get three of them. In all likelihood, whatever three of these guys come, unless it's unless Langford is one of them, if any of the other three come back, they're all starters. You could be talking about 60% of your starting lineup coming. Like, we don't know if it's going to be at MSU or not right yeah. now. It's kind of insane. It's very insane. So, But at least we now know when um, we'll, be fi- we'll be finding out. So hang with us. Um, exciting to to at least have a deadline here um where we can we can count down the days um should we take a commercial break we should let's go today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And we're back. I'm going to nail that one. Well, I'm excited to not segue correctly into Michigan State's future non-conference schedules. Um, Big news today. Breaking news. Huge. 
Michigan State has added Central Michigan for home games uh, in 2023, 2027, and 2030, which got us thinking, let's look ahead and see what other non-con games are on the schedule um, for the next five, ten years down the line. Well, let's do it. You know, 2020 may happen or it may not. The football season, that is, the year, well, TBD on if we finish it out, to be honest. But <laughs> but the 2021 schedule, we got ahead of ourselves. The And if we simmed all the way to it, I don't know. It's a little appealing. So the way it's starting out here is um, the non-com looks like Youngstown State at Miami, Florida, and Western Kentucky. Now, it's important to note, Michigan State does not open with Youngstown State. They would be opening with Northwestern again. So the week two would be Youngstown State, and the first FCS opponent since 2016. And an important note, Austin, Bo Pelini has since left (laughs) Youngstown, Ohio. Sad. It is sad. But he's a... the defensive coordinator at LSU now for the second time, so he's doing just fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't feel bad for Bo. He's doing great. You know who is at Youngstown State though? His brother, Carl Polini. Ah, uh, Carl. The somehow more ridiculous of the two. What an awesome combination of names, Carl and Bo Polini. Like, how? I'm not sure it gets any better than that. That's just fantastic. Those things. Um, have to be odd they have to be terrifying i mean there's got to be just a the fighting for food has to be like i don't know i imagine fingers have been lost at the polini family household um i also i mean like you know you probably think when i think about um like scary families like Thanksgivings to be at Polini's are right out there. I think the Harbaugh's are also very close as well, because that just seems like an absolutely terrifying group of people to have to share a, a, a relatively competitive meal with. Well, like you need to compete for the there. best parts. I mean, if Tom Crean's there too, now we got a whole new oh. level. Well, I'm just chilling with Tom. I think, I think that's the moral of that story is I'm, I'm hanging with Tom. That entire time, no question. So after the Youngstown State game, <laughs> and I'm just trying anyway. to rant with no subway. <laughs> I love after it. Youngstown State game. Save up uh, a few dollars here between now and, and next September, and you too could be going to Miami, Florida, for mm-hmm. at the at you know Coral Gables. It's the probably the most attractive away game michigan state has had since at oregon is that fair non-con wise who that's a good question um yep yeah, i mean probably i don't think they've really gone many other warm places that i can think of off the top of my head uh and, yeah, yeah that's that's probably the best one it's a good it'll be a dandy and you got to think that michigan state will be traveling well for this one you know miami kind of has lost their way as it relates to uh, their their fan base and backing. Um, th- they're looking to revive 
they're they're also a program that is trying to revive themselves, much like Michigan State. So I wonder where both teams will be at that point. Um, it, it's a long way off, but but at the very least, it'll be a damn nice day. So hoping maybe I mean, we'll be there. Who knows? I mean, listen the the thought of going anywhere right now sounds pretty good. So if this is the trip I got to book, this is the trip I got to book to have something to get really jazzed up about. So I'm, I'm in, that'll be a fun one. Maybe we'll road trips because we're afraid Maybe. to fly. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Who can see. say? Let's see. Um, and then uh, there's a week of a, where there's a conference game um, with Nebraska Followed by week five, a home game against Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers, home of the best mascot um, easily in college, period, probably. And I know that's blasphemous because um, we have Sparty, but I mean, come you on. have to be aware yeah. of reality sometimes. Topper, I think his name is. And if it's not, it should be. The Hilltopper is a phenomenal, phenomenal uh mascot and i was gonna say that's pretty much all i know about western kentucky uh i really like the name i love the mascot i'm excited to see he and sparty duke it out um yeah and listen like anybody who writes an article and has to choose a photo for the after game you know like title or whatever you know your your article Mm -hmm. it has to be the hilltopper it's gonna be the hilltopper either looking like hilariously sad or celebrating that's the photo. It's going to be the one that gets used. So for all of you who are photographers out there that listen, make sure you get pictures of the topper. Well, and if you don't, you can also get a photo of um, one Tyson Helton, which may not, you might not know that name off the top of your head, but he's brothers with Clay Helton, um, oh. who was the USC head coach and now I believe quarterbacks coach. Um, Yikes. Is he really? I think so. Yeah. Tyson um, went nine and four in his first year with the Hilltoppers. So who knows? Maybe, hill, baby. I mean, so he, if he has another nice year, he might be into even greener pastures. I don't know. Or he yeah. could just be having a, a finely tuned machine um, heading into East Lansing, which would be, I'm not interested in, but that would be uh, unfortunate. Who knows? Yeah. So at the very least, it sounds like, a decent mid-major team will be rolling in um, in 2021, which is always good. You know, you, you don't want – you already have one F- FCS team, so I think that's a nicely balanced non-con schedule that not everyone can be kind of proud of, right? Listen, at this point, I'm looking for wins wherever we can get them. That's <laughs> okay. And Western, and Western Kentucky is, is – one that I will take. I would love, yeah, I don't know. I'm getting way ahead of myself. I just hope that there's a season this year to begin with, and then we can start really looking at that and being like, well, if you can beat Miami, mm-hmm. go nine and three, and da 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 you can start having those conversations. Exactly. Um, so that does it for 2021. Let's take it to 2022. I mean, let's keep it rolling. Sure. Western Michigan, we open up the season, Labor Day weekend. I should note, though, week one will be a Saturday game, not the Friday night. So, oh. so Saturday, likely day game, um, obviously to be determined, but a little different than um, what we'd seen during the Hollis years. Following up. Yeah. The, so we play, we're playing Western and Central a lot, which is good. How do you feel about that? 
I love it. I think the, what was it? It's called something, something, the state, like uh, the great state. I don't know. MSU signed that deal many years ago now. I think it's run its course where they played one of uh, celebrate the state. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, Eastern, central or Western every single year. I think that's really cool. I mean, like, I, I think it's a great way to bring publicity, you know, within the state. I mean, I'm sure those those teams absolutely you know, love the opportunity to kind of see a solid Big Ten opponent um, in the non-con, knowing that, hey, if we even keep it close, that's a that's a win for us as a program. Um, and, you know, for Michigan State, like you said, I think there's some real value in the uh, decent, not FCS, you know, type of team to play. A, a game you, you should win, but is going to at least – challenge you a little bit hopefully against a team with you know some identity and maybe uh you know a pretty noticeable strength so uh i think it's great i think the more that they can continue to do that uh the better i think it's a really cool trend absolutely yeah it's it's always a especially beginning of the year good reason to get a bunch of people together you know a lot of buddies right. you know that maybe you you know and, and you can all that maybe were attended those universities it makes it a lot of fun um Week two in 2022 is has Michigan State facing off against the Akron Zips. Zips, mm. one of the worst teams in the uh, in FBS last year, 0 and 12. Um, first 0 and 12. 0 and 12. Yikes! Not good. Um, in fact, bad. We could call it bad mm. and be confident with that. it. Tom, Tom Arth um, is the head coach. Of course. Yeah. That person um, you knew existed before this. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So Tom, Tom is he's 39. He he's a young man. Oh. Um. Yep. And he it was his first year was a rough one. Where you know we're not gonna sugarcoat it. But I uh, literally nowhere to go but up for, for <laughs> here. Um. I I can't. I gotta tell you, he was at John Carroll University. Um, which is a, a D3 school, um, and they they were quite good. He went 40 and eight there. And Whoa. John Carroll, owner of one of the better uh, nicknames in in sports, the John Carroll Blue Streaks. Um, oh, that's good. Also a great movie if you remember uh, Martin oh, Lawrence. Yeah. I think. yeah. Um, so he takes the job at Chattanooga in the FCS puts together a nine and 13 record and somehow parlays those two years of that compiled in nine wins and 13 losses into the head coaching job at Akron. Hey, where, where respect, where he, he went was maybe a little over his head um, and went, Oh, and 12. So I want to know who he's related to. Like there's, 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 there's a connection there. Like the president of Akron is like Bob Arth, who's like this super wealthy donor or something, because that's either nepotism or just blatant like negligence on the the hiring committee's part. I, I like, see, I think that they should definitely fire the search firm that found this man, but I want to be on a search firm so bad. Like, it, it, it seems like, you know, I've been watching the Sopranos and they talk a lot about like no-show jobs, like write my guys in for some no-show jobs. Mm-hmm. That's about as close to a legal no-show job as you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You're just like, yeah, I got my, this is my buddy, Tom. Like this dude, he's worked in football. Yeah. He's a guy. He, yeah. he knows some stuff, man. Wants to throw the ball. He, 
listen, you're going to love this. He loves scoring points. It's kind of his favorite thing. And like that's and the guy, Mr. Akron, Akron director is like done hiring. Don't well, even. To be fair. Is he young? Would, does he look like Sean McVay? Hire him. <laughs> well, we would, Mel Tucker, we got him. He does not necessarily love to score points. So, I mean, I, I don't know what his, they pitched uh, him. We don't, love, we don't love to score points. Right. Michigan exactly. State as a school does not love to score points. No, I'm, and I'm okay. it's never been like something we're super huge on. You know, I, I want to go, go back. <laughs> you were watching The Sopranos. I too am watching The Sopranos. I'm about to finish. I've used quarantine to watch that show. I'm not finished yet. I have a take. Okay. Are you ready for the take? I'm, I'm three seasons in, so I'm you know, don't blow it. But yeah, um, maybe the the worst show I've ever seen people say is great wow that is a hell of a take mm-hmm. and you in don't fact, think it's a great show no in fact i think there's a lot of group <laughs> where everyone's like oh yeah, yeah yeah it's good it's good it's great it's so great it can't even hold a candle to breaking bad uh, it can't even touch game of thrones up to the final season like it can't mm-hmm. like this show it can't even decide what it wants to do. There are so many dead storylines in this show. Like it, it drives me bonkers. But you know what? That I will agree with. I will say that I think it belongs. It, I'll put it this way. I think without James Gandolfini as Tony Soprano, that mm. show's canceled after a season. I agree. Seasons. I agree. Because, but he is such a tour de force if you will mm-hmm. he's so damn good at his role as tony soprano that to me like that makes up for a lot of the rest of it and like some of the other guys like silvio and uh paulie walnuts like the, the, it was very well cast mm-hmm. i think even, even carmela is great but it was it, like the critical roles were so well cast but i would agree with you like the storyline like i I don't know. Like it's good, but there's there's nothing consistent really throughout like the whole show. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's lost. I know. We'll, I do want to note before we do bring back to Michigan State athletics, which is why you're here. Allegedly. Um. Why does he like? I don't need to hear his breathing. So like, he's <laughs> just like I can't even watch the show, and he's just constantly like. Yeah. It's like we get it. He's overweight. Like yeah, he's fat. We understand. Uh, that's hysterical. Um, yeah, he's he's breathing heavily. Okay, before we get too sidetracked, but I do want to say, uh, Family Guy exposed this to me. And before quarantine, I rewatched Lost, another show that I think is vastly, vastly, vastly superior to The Sopranos. I think that might be the best show I've ever seen, even with the ending. Uh, and what's his name jack is always out of breath oh like he could yeah just be walking down the beach and he's like i don't know kate hurley <laughs> and he's just always <laughs> just exasperated and out of breath and like bro like you're in good shape like we see you're not fat you're not eating gabagool <laughs> all the time we know you're in good shape you're eating coconuts uh and that that always family guy made fun of that one time and i was like oh no 
I can never unsee that. And I just never thought anything different. I think it ruined Matthew Fox's career, to be honest with you. I think that one little 30-second uh, non-sequitur from Family Guy just ended it. I believe it. Um, I so, was going to have a anyways. <laughs> I was going to have a segue, but it's just it's not not what we're going to do. This is the episode with this is the episode with no segues. So the third and final, final game of the t- non-con 2022 schedule is at Boise State. <laughs> you may remember them from 2012, which was wow. when Le'Veon Bell single-handedly defeated the Broncos at home. Um, that was a long time ago. This is part of a home away home series with uh, Boise State. Um, so MSU headed to play on the Smurf turf. I mean, yeah. why not? Something that they haven't done. No, no, it's going to be awesome. I mean, I think you can look at Western Michigan, Akron at Boise State and you know, two Mac schools and at what is essentially a power five school for all ten- intents and purposes. That's a decent schedule. Decent non-con. Can yeah, get- you can be very, ha- you can be very happy with, with those three. Um, it will be very cool to see them on that turf. I mean, again, your, your, your photo ops will be plentiful. Um, I, wow. It's insane to think that Le'Veon Bell is when we played them. Like that just, that doesn't even feel real to me. That feels like it was yesterday and it was so long ago. Um, Le'Veon Bell has been in the NFL for like eight years. (laughs) I remember so vividly him playing against Boise State. Um, Yeah, that's a good one. See, I love that. That's the type of uh, non-con schedule I can really get behind. So yeah, big fan of that one. And you know what? You say Michigan State will travel well to Miami. I can tell you somewhere they probably won't travel well to. Yeah. Boise, Idaho. Mm-mm. I don't see it. I mean, I'm just as happy to watch that one on on the tube, you know? So The blue Smurf turf, I assume, looks better on television than it does in real life. I can barely tell where the ball is going on TV. Sure. Like, And I, I there's no way I can follow it on like in person. I just won't be doing it. I plan on being... I, I've RSVP'd as not attending. <laughs> you didn't even bother to put maybe. You're just not. No. Not doing it. No. Nope. Got something going on. I'm watching a game somewhere. It's I your plan- game, but it's that's what I'm doing. I plan on being a little light on cash because after <laughs> after 2021 and we've won the Mel takes home his first national championship as a Michigan State head football coach. Mm-hmm. Like, right. I, you know, it's going to take a little while for me to recoup. So just excited about that well you know that's because you'll have put away all of the money you won on your michigan state national championship future right Uh, yeah yeah right uh totally stuff that's going to happen for 1000 (laughs) let's head to 2023 while we're doing made updates (laughs) there's an open week one but we do know that michigan state takes on the Richmond Spiders, an FCS program in week two, allegedly has a football team. And then Home to Todd McShay, famous alum. Okay. They do exist. Yeah. And then uh, Boise State in week three the, to, to uh, finish out the Home Away Home Series. Um, the I Home Away Home Series that started 
in 2012 and it's wrapping up in 2023. Normal stuff. I have to say, if if your goal is to strike fear into the uh, hearts of your opponents, Spiders is a good one. It is Spiders is a good one. Universally one of the most feared, either rationally or irrationally, most feared things um, on the planet. So, I mean, if they, <laughs> I just like to envision their like mascot is just like in a little little like uh, tank, like a, a tarantula, and they <laughs> or it's run it out <laughs> on wheels to the fifty yard line. <laughs> I like to picture somebody walking out with it on a pillowcase because that's just what I think where people fear it the most. <laughs> this is Spidey the Spider on his gold pillowcase. Or in a or in a shoe, which is where you just in a shoe. spiders being. <laughs> I think that's great. I fully support this. And I hope it's just like a little house a house spider too, not even like a black widow or like oh, a no, yeah. Like listen, no one likes any spiders, but like oh. I think just like your friendly neighborhood spider, Spider-Man would be a better, certainly less intimidating, but more awesomely unintimidating mascot. Or, or is their mascot just like a knockoff Spider-Man? You know, like they can't, they don't have the rights, but so they just make <laughs> That's like a, great a knockoff spider, spider. Arachnid boy. <laughs> the eight-legged man. Eight-legged man. Eight legged man. <laughs> it's it's uh it's the hydrox of the spider world webman oh man so that leaves one week open and in that's 20- rich 2024 um there are two open spots before uh, michigan state travels to play at boston college the first time michigan state will play boston college since the matt ryan bowl game in 2007 i believe yeah, Michigan State's first bowl game. Game they should have won, but didn't. Yeah, well, let's just put it Michigan this. State's first bowl game under uh, under Mark D'Antonio, I should have said. Here's, here's a put-you-on-the-spot question. Which starting quarterback from the Champ Sports Bowl will be in the NFL the longest? <laughs> Matt wow. and or Brian Hoyer? Uh, I think it's Hoyer, because I think Brian Hoyer will be – I don't know if Matt Ryan's going to sign on to be a backup anywhere. Okay. I think he's just going to call it a day. Whereas Brian Hoyer, it'll be Twinkies and Brian Hoyer and nothing else after the apocalypse. Brian Hoyer, backup quarterback. That'll be it. Brian Hoyer, future starter for the New England Patriots to you, sir. I'm just going to say, as long as the Patriots are around, Brian Hoyer's got a job. So so here's here's the um, – we had three open dates we mentioned – you got to think that's going to be a likely a, a Mac slash FCS combo in 2024 and in 2023, because there's already an FCS team, a Mac team on the schedule. Oh, we already have one. Central is the 2023 mm-hmm. one. My bad. So we already know who that is. I already actually said it. So 2024, <laughs> who would you like? Let's let's just assume that one of the two is FCS and you could pick any group of five team. Who would you have Michigan State play? Mm. Any group of five team? Yeah, because we got like we have to assume that it's not going to be a power five team because they are playing at Boston College. So, and you have to imagine one of them will be an FCS. You got to have a cupcake. 
Yeah. Okay. Power five uh, or, or group of five. I think that's really interesting. I'm not totally sure whomst I would go with. If you're looking to just, you know, if you're looking for an actually competitive game, I think someone like Troy would be kind of cool. Like one of those teams that, or Appalachian state, like those teams that mm-hmm. um, actually are tough to, mm-hmm. to beat. Otherwise, you know, just give me like, I don't know, some, some random school. I was going to say Oregon state, but they're definitely not a power for a group of five teams that talk about a team that get rele- relegated quickly. Oregon state would be in the, mountain west in a matter of days um so speaking of mountain west perhaps the the mean the mean green north Mm -hmm. texas the mean green that would be a cool one i like action what if we what if we offer to play san jose state and play for the play for the mascot play for the spartan Spartan off loser Uh, has to get a new mascot I think we should offer to play that game uh, on the road as well. Talk about a team that people would turn out for. That would be one. I'd go to San Jose. I'd make millions. Okay, so you want this to be an away game. Okay. Yeah, I just think it'd be cool. Or a neutral site. We play in the Coliseum. Fair. Or we can meet halfway. Play in like San Jose. Play in Kansas. Awesome. You want to talk about the least attended game ever on record? <laughs> Kansas in, in uh, what Manhattan, Kansas, Michigan State, San Jose State. Next, more well attended than the University of Kansas home games, though. <laughs> yes, fact. Um, let's round it out. We do know the 2025 non-con schedule. Um, we have, of course, we do. <laughs> Western Michigan. Again, uh, week one, Youngstown State, week two, and a bye before playing Boston College at home. So um, how do you feel? That, that feel, 2025 feels ripe for a national title run, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree. We're, you know, a few short years away from Michigan State really being poised. That's what, year five of, of Mel's reign? Mm-hmm. Uh, already coming off of... Coming off of another Big Ten championship, you know, probably going to really put it together. But again, this is well built. I like those. Uh, I like those three opponents. There, it's all kind of like you've seen them before, but it's you know a MAC team, a FCS team, and I think the beautiful part of it too is like I love the Youngstown inclusion because a it's just very football guy, but then b it's uh, it's um, Ohio. And I think that that's really important to like get that exposure to the state of, of Ohio. Can I can I interest you into what might be potentially breaking news um, on the podcast? And we're actually on the subject. This is wild. Okay. Um, I believe it it has been broken that in twenty twenty four. Michigan State will be playing Florida Atlantic in their final non-con game. So, yeah. Owls. So we're just filling it in as we go here. Um, Yeah, Michigan State uh, has added Florida Atlantic Owls. Um, 
for the first game of the 2024 season. So uh, there it fighting is. Schne- fighting Schnellenbergers. Very interesting. Or um, the fighting former um, Wayne Kiffins. The, fi- <laughs> the fighting stepdads. Uh, that, that, uh, that's a good one. Does MSU host them? Do we host? Oh, yeah. We're not traveling. <laughs> not going to Boca? Damn. No, sorry. That would be cool. Um, that's a, that's a good one. You may remember Florida Atlantic from, uh, Javon Ringer's like 700 yard game in the rain against them in like 2006, 2007, I think it was, um, that, that was good. And then the other one where MSU was supposed to go to Florida Atlantic, but ended up playing in Ford field. Well, because Um, there was a hurricane. It was a hurricane. Yeah. And I was supposed to go to Boca at one point. And one of my all-time takes about Michigan State athletics is related to that specific game. I truly believe that Howard Schnellenberger was on the take for that game. And because there was a, I believe the final score to that game, um, it was a 2008 game. Yeah. And I remember. I got to, I think I have to look it up, um, looking it up as we speak. They scored in the mid-fourth quarter and did not go for two. They, they kicked the extra point, and the going for two would have cut the lead to 16. Two-possession game. And they chose not to do that. And I was, like, in shock. Like, why would you do that? And I got to believe there was someone on the tape. What was the line? Dude, I don't know. Don't let that get in the way of a good conspiracy theory. <laughs> if the line was 17 or something like that, I, or whatever it might be, I'll buy it. I mean, listen, I'm uh, we're aligned. I, I agree with your te- your your conspiracy theory. I fully support it. And listen, Howard Schellenberg is like 70 at that point. Like, yeah. Well, now He's I'm, like, questioning, now I'm, I'm the 70 year old head coach of Florida Atlantic. Who cares? I'm questioning everything because maybe maybe this didn't happen and. We're imagining the wrong games here. Um, You're having big time quarantine brain. Yeah, this is this is not this is not correct. Um, man, I swear that happened though. There was a game where where the other team scored to cut it to like, man, it would have been cut it to like two possessions, and they, we just they just chose not to do it. I don't know. Yeah, sure. 2010. 30 to 17 was the final. Oh. Yes. Yes. That found it, folks. I found it. You can look up the box score on your own time, but all right. Specific. Uh, I will say I wanted, uh, you, you got me thinking with teams I would like to see MSU play. And so I think of like, I was thinking if it was a power five as the ultimate troll job, I would really love to play Colorado. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just for the chance to for Mel to play against them and you know hopefully beat them. Maybe we wait a couple, you know, a year or two until you know his guys are gone and uh, you know we've got our program really rolling oh. here. But here, I'm sorry, I have I have what happened, and now it's going to be more believable. And I love your idea about Colorado. Hear me out. It's 30 to 14 in the fourth quarter. Florida Atlantic has the ball at Ford Field. They drive down 
to the six-yard line, down by 16, and they chose to kick a field goal with two minutes and 50 seconds left. <laughs> yeah, that's suspicious. There's no way around it. <laughs> so now they're down 13 and kick off. They don't onside kick. They kick off. The game ends. Yeah. Wow. I think I remember that, actually. Uh, he is either on the take or was just doing Mark a solid. This what I'm saying is like there was there was some clearly some some fishing afoot. Yeah, I mean, come on, what the hell is happening? So I mean, still a win. We'll take win is a win is a win. I know, um, but yeah, I'm with you. All right, let's wrap let's wrap up a, co- a couple more things. Um, 2026 and 2027, Michigan State revives the Notre Dame series. That's I don't know cool. if I'll. I honestly don't know if I'll be alive then, um, but that'll be cool. Speaking of dates, I'm pretty sure I won't be around for. Washington, <laughs> Michigan State has a home and home with Washington, uh, the Huskies, 2028 and 2031. And in 2029 and 2030, Michigan State revives a home and home with Oregon. So, okay, there we go. Wow. You think the shine has not fallen off. I hope <laughs> that... That uh, previous home and home. I love that they scheduled it so far apart. It's so funny to me. We need uh, to stop with the home and home like 10 years down the line because it's really yeah. messing with my relegation idea. I was just thinking that. I was thinking that when we were talking relegation, like you would get rid of this way far out uh, booking of schedules. You'd really have to figure it out kind of on the fly. I love uh, it. Every single, every single year, which would be so fun because you could do scheduled release day and like all of this type of stuff. I think that would be extremely cool. Or, or fun wrinkle, you let teams book however and whoever they want, but then if you get relegated, you have to basically just switch schedules with the team that relegated, mm-hmm. like replace you or you replace. So like, you know, let's say Ohio State, for whatever reason, had a, a home and home with Clemson set up but got relegated and then Western Michigan comes in and they have to play Clemson week one. <laughs> oh yeah. I love, I love all the multiverse possibilities here. This is great. Um, I think the Washington matchup is pretty cool. Like that's not a team. I can't remember Michigan state ever playing Washington. Like, I don't know if it's the first time I, I doubt it's the first time ever, but First time in, that I can certainly remember them ever playing Washington. I don't even know if I remember them playing Washington in basketball, which I would have anticipated happening somewhere along the line in a tournament or something, but I guess not. Or maybe it did, and I just don't remember. But um, I think that one's pretty cool. Washington, I always thought it was a cool program, cool part of the country. They play the the horn really loud. They've got cool colors, great mascot. So that, that's one I'm pretty pumped about well, in important. 2031. A year that will certainly happen. Well, I can tell you, that Michigan State has played Washington three times. They, okay. They split in 1969 and 1970 home and home when Duffy Doherty was the coach. And Michigan State played Washington in Honolulu, Hawaii in 1997 mm-hmm. when one young Nick Saban took a 51 to 23 L in, uh, in on the islands out there. So 1997. Yes. This may have been the Marquise Tuiasa Sopo led Huskies. That feels a little too early, but potentially. That's yeah. I'm gonna 
that's it's true in my head. So that's really what counts. <laughs> not um, a lie, if you believe. It's, it's not. <laughs> that's right. You're damn right. Uh, all right, John. Well, I think that about does it for us. I know you you've got uh, you've got a busy night ahead of you. John just bought a home. Not to not to dox you, but John just bought a home, so he's got to go take care of some stuff. It's it's very important. So congratulations to you, John. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I decided to add a little more chaos into uh, this year. So <laughs> tried to make it more difficult. I respect it. Exactly. Uh, a plus strength of schedule for you in 2020. No question. <laughs> Thank you. Um, hey, kind of segued. Yeah, that's right. All right, guys. Well, um, thank you guys as always for joining us. Uh, for John, this is Austin, and we will catch you guys later. See ya.